Hi, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Brent and Dan podcast brought to you by the Jacksonville Iceman. Shoot, score! It's Brent and Dan, but there's no Brent today. He's on vacation. So we've asked Stuart Weber to fill in, and he accepted the challenge. Yay. That's Hello, me. Stuart. How are you? I am I am terrific. How are you? Uh, it's a crazy time of year in sports. I'm fine, thank you for asking. I'm Excellent. back from vacation. I'm well-rested. You a, look tan. I'm in a good mood. I'm tan. I look as well as I've ever looked, quite frankly. Not saying much, but we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, back from a, a week-long cruise, so nobody cares about that. What they do care about, though, is March Madness, and, you know, it's – it's a mad time of year in sports. It's not just the college basketball. All kinds of things happening. But let's start with FSU. And what a great run for the Seminoles. They get to the Elite Eight. But I got to think they're sort of kicking themselves a little bit because they really had a chance. Michigan did not shoot the ball well on Saturday night. And FSU had a real chance to get to the Final Four. And if they had gotten to the Final Four, as much as I love the Loyola uh, Chicago story, I think FSU is too long and athletic for them. I think they would have won. I think they would have been playing for a natty, but it didn't work out. It did not, and it gave more fuel to the fire to the Leonard Hamilton detractors. There are plenty of those when it comes to the Florida State fan base, the ones that at least pay attention to basketball for a couple weeks out of the year. Yeah. Because basketball just doesn't carry that importance to most of the folks. I know a lot of people do, and uh, shoot, with you and me, it doesn't matter what sport our university's playing. They could be playing tiddlywinks, and we'd be locked in on it, you know, every every day of the week. But at the same time, Leonard Hamilton shows that, you know, he could take this team to some pretty high heights, just maybe not high enough as they come up that one win short of well, the Well, it's Final frustrating four. for – I understand where FSU fans coming from. He, Leonard – you know, last night, Saturday night is a perfect example. Botched the thing at the end. I mean, that was just flat out wrong. It was a mistake. He should have admitted it. I mean, you, you got a foul. You still have a chance. At, look, you need a miracle. But I've seen stranger things happen. So he botched that. But, listen, FSU does not have a huge budget for basketball. No. They play in a, a stadium that nobody really cares about that's not even on campus. It's downtown. The Tuck. The Tuck. And he gets players to come there. He gets players to go there over Duke and North Carolina, and that ain't easy to do in the ACC. So um, I, I don't know. They they got on a nice run, and they got a. They might have nine or ten guys back next year if Kofer gets. Kofer's applied for a uh, sort of a red shirt from a season that he was injured, and if he is granted a fifth year of eligibility, they'll have I think nine guys back who played at least ten minutes a game for next year's team. That's a pretty good team. I mean, uh, I give Leonard Hamilton a lot of credit. Uh, he's done a pretty good job there. I know Noel fans get frustrated, and I know Noel fans though, are pretty apathetic when it comes to college basketball. So what they're looking forward to is spring football and Willie Taggart and finding out who their quarterback's going to be. <laughs> exactly. But, hey, they, they had a couple weeks to enjoy enjoy the madness. Yeah. And now everyone is all Rambler fans. Yes. And I have a theory on that, Stuart. I want to sure. bounce it off you and see what you think. Listen, I have a theory, too, but we're not going to bring it on the podcast. No, well, you could bring it on. The podcast is a place to bring anything. Bring one, bring all. Not bringing this one. But here's my theory on March Madness, which is unbelievable. And it provides us with great moments. And it's so exciting. And we get upsets. We had our first ever 16 beating a one this year. Awesome. Featuring K.J. Mora from Arlington Country Day School here in Jacksonville. Very nice. It's awesome stuff. But here's what – it doesn't bother me, but this is what we need. This is what we need to put it over the top. We need Loyola Chicago to win it all. We've seen George Mason get to the Final Four. We've seen Gonzaga get to the Final Four. We've seen Butler before Butler became a 
you know, if you go back-to-back NCAA championship games, you're a college basketball uh, good program. But we've seen them get to a Final Four. We need Loyola Chicago to knock off a couple of the big boys here. And we need that to happen this year. That's Cinderella. And for Loyola Chicago has come out of nowhere. It's it's a great story that they've gotten to the Final Four. And they're celebrating, and they should. But they need to be Hoosiers. Jimmy Chitwood makes the shot. Loyola Chicago, you got to make the shot and win it. What do you think? You buying that or no? I don't know about that. <laughs> I uh, I think it's it's that great story. It's, it's fun, obviously, but... I think if you ask the execs up at uh, National CBS, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're feeling the same way. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Duke versus Michigan or Villanova versus yeah. Michigan yeah. or Kansas, any of the Blue Bloods, yeah. I think they root for that, for the championship game. I don't game. care about them, though. I care about sports fans. Sure. I want Loyola Chicago to win it all. You said there are a lot of Rambler fans, and I'm one of them. Okay. You know, why not? You know, sure. Why not? Why not? Now, here's your loyalty. See, now, I, I want them to win because if an 11 seed wins at all, next year when I continue to pick chalk in my bracket and people are picking 11 seeds to win it all, yeah. it'll give me a better chance to win a bracket pool. All right, here is your uh, Dan Hicken trivia question of the day. Okay. And you're a young guy, so I'm going to put this at, unless you heard this during the weekend, I'm going to put this at 5% that you get this. It's low I odds. I have a lot of faith in you. But I don't have a lot of faith in Heard that before, do. yeah. Yeah. The question is simply this. Who, there was a number one pick in the NBA draft out of Loyola, Chicago in the early 70s. Can you name him? Might be the Harkless guy that that's they were talking guess, about? but that's incorrect. Ah, okay. Give it a shot. LaRue Martin. Sure. First LaRue time I've heard that Martin, name. And I think okay. it was Portland. And I should, I don't have it in front of me because I would look up guys who went after him. But obviously it didn't work out. But. Loyola Chicago did win a natty way back when. You can ask Mike White how good of a team they are. He'll tell you. They, they beat, beat the Gators, Gators in the regular in December season. December, we're in all the, like, in, oh, Yeah, at UF. Uh, it's a good team. It's a good team. But I, they're just not quite big enough. I, I think when they match up against Michigan, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. But I, I'm rooting for them. I'm they got to roll, the sister, roll Sister Jean out there. She'll take care of business. Love Sister Jean. Go get her. Go get them, Sister Jean. Everybody loves Sister Jean. All right, so that's March Madness. It's been a lot of fun. Um, let's talk NFL owners meetings. They're coming up. Uh, this week, and we'll hear from Doug Marone. Uh, looks like Shad Khan and TC, the Godfather, are going to wait till the Jaguars' state of the union, state of the franchise, franchise yeah. deal in mid-April, um, when they roll out the new unis too. By the way, right? Mm, We're going to see that new is unis? that is the the word on the street is that's um, going to come out. What do then? you want to know from Doug Marone right now? Doug Marone often like deflects personnel questions. He does to Caldwell and Coughlin. Um, but we'll get to hear from him and hear what he thinks about some of the free agent pickups and some of the losses. I wonder if losing Mercedes Lewis and Alan Hearns and Paul Puzlesny hurts. Is it too much in one offseason well, as far as leadership goes? Leadership, or is that overblown? It's That is one that I feel like he should have to answer, and you can ask him that because oh, we'll you'll be ask. there. We'll uh, but I that. wonder if that's... I don't know if that's overblown or not. Sure. He would say it's probably not. Some people think it is, just depending on, you know. Does Blake Bortles become more of a leader now? He's been there long enough. He had a good football season. And you Can got Calais and up? Telvin. I mean, you, you've got leaders got in that leaders. locker room. There, but, there's but, no doubt about that. But they that. don't have, though, listen, they don't have any longtime Jaguars now. And and this is. Can uh, you name the two longest tenured Jaguars, by the way? Uh, Probably. 
Tinker. Yep, that's one. Long snapper who didn't finish the year because he was on IR. But Carson he's still on Tinker. The team. He is technically still on the team. And he came so far. Uh, who's the other one? Avery Jones. Avery Jones. That's and right. Carson Tinker are your longest tenured Jags. Yeah. yeah. So, if you don't count Don Carey, because he obviously played on the team Don way Carey. back when. You found video of uh, David Garrard intercepting. Sorry, DG. Uh, uh, Don Carey intercepting David Garrard in a practice. So. It was the anyway, only video we had. We had to keep running it. I, the one thing I do, I remember that Marone said at the end of the season is when you go into any season, you have to go back to zero. Like you can't start at a AFC championship right. finalist. You have to kind of. Start you can hang over. that banner if you want. Yeah, but well, you have to start only over. Only Indianapolis can hang that banner. As a team, you have to start over, and that's what they'll do. And I do love what the Jags have done, though, I have to say. And I usually, you know, at this time of the year, you usually do like what your team has done unless they've done nothing. And I, I do like what they've done, and I, I feel like they're really pushing the envelope here, trying to get up against the cap and figure out a way to get to the Super Bowl and win it. I think there's a sense of urgency there. And I love that. I love that about this franchise. I love that since Tom came in and Caldwell's, you know, done a, is done well and Marone was outstanding. And now we'll see if they can continue. I just wonder if they're doubling down too much on the run game. Obviously, all these moves are being made for the run game. Mm-hmm. You talk about that side of it. Yeah, they're going to run the ball and play action pass. That's the plan, man. Is it too much? Well, we're going to find out. I know. That's, that, that's, that's what I'm curious to see. I, I was always thinking if you bring back A-Rob, it brings back the deep threat and, yeah. and opens up the run game. I but, know. But with this, with this group, yeah. that's the question. Wide open as to who they're going to draft, too. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, it was already. It was already. And nothing would shock me anymore, Stuart. Correct. Nothing would shock me. Even what, if they took a quarterback at 29, I'd be like, they, they continually surprise me. I mean, the, the signing of the, the guard from Carolina – Andrew Norwell was a stunner in yeah. a lot of ways, and they went and got him. I give him a lot of credit for it. Well, if you take a quarterback at 29, it's it's cheaper than a veteran backup. That's true. Because you but have him for four years at about $10 million. I would counter that with, well, how is he helping you win the Super Bowl this year? That would be my That's one. That's a good question. My Probably question. he is not. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got a good college baseball game in town. It's one of the best uh, sporting events in an event-driven town like Jacksonville. Uh, Florida, Florida State. They play here every year. 10,000 people will go to the baseball grounds. It's awesome. That's coming up Tuesday night. Uh, Florida and Florida State are both playing good baseball. Florida State, these midseason, midweek games, O'Sully's handled them well, but they don't really matter to him. But some for some reason, he has a mastery over FSU, and the Gators have won 11 of 12 over FSU. Including one already this year. They yeah. won in Gainesville. Yeah, uh, six in a row. Yeah, they they play him. They play him in Gainesville. They play him in Jacksonville. They play him in Tallahassee, and yeah. it's been dominant for the Gators lately. Yeah. So they're both like twenty and five. Uh, Florida State took two out of three from Carolina this weekend. Florida took two out of three from Arkansas. Um, Top ten ranked Arkansas at number four. Yeah. Uh, the college baseball is is great. JU's playing good baseball. They had a, a weekend sweep. So uh, the college baseball is great. That's going on right now. An opening day just a few days away. You want to talk about a happy guy, by the way? Yeah. Kevin O'Sullivan is over the moon right now. Because? Of the new facilities. Oh, yeah. $50 million stadium being built on the southwest side of campus. Uh, it's it's awesome from the renderings. If you look at it, there's there's covering for all the seats. That's perfect. There's a berm. There's all, you know, there's all these things that you want in a ballpark yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And I guarantee you that is the biggest recruiting chip you can get for him. Yeah, that'll be pretty good for uh, – 
for the Gator program and important in keeping him happy, too, because he has proven his mettle. He is a fantastic college baseball coach, and if he can stay there for 20 years, uh, he's, he's building himself a little bit of a dynasty. Uh, they were going to try to go back-to-back this year. I don't know if they can, but they got an opportunity. Other teams have gone back-to-back recently, including South Carolina, I think, in 2010 and 11. So uh, we'll see what Florida is able to do this year. And FSU, Mike Martin will pass Augie Garrido uh, this year, in all likelihood, uh, for the most wins in college baseball history, but still no championship. I don't, you know, I don't. How cool would it be to see him go out with the title and then call it? Yeah, you know, yeah, it would be. It deserves be. it for all he's put into into that program. Yeah, he does, and it'll be interesting to see when he goes out. And there's some talk that this may be his last year, and they just wanted the record. What direction the program goes in? Because remember, his son's there, his longtime assistants there. Are they going to pick one of those guys, or are they going to go in a totally different direction? It could be a new, you know, dawning of of, of uh, FSU baseball. College football spring practice also going on. I want to touch on that because uh, both the Gators and the Knowles are looking for and trying to find out who's the quarterback. I don't think it's set in stone that Francois is the FSU quarterback. I don't think it's 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 a done deal. I know he's doing some things in the spring, but I would not discount the other kid either in Willie Taggart's offense. Um, he's put on weight, by the way. Yeah. James Black. Well, it was kind of inevitable. Yeah, too, yeah. Um, I would not discount him at all, so look for that. Keep an eye on that in, in Tallahassee. And then in Gainesville, it seems like Felipe Franks has the upper hand early. Um, Emery's doing okay, from what I hear. Uh, and Kyle Trask is trying to make a name for himself. That's somebody else to keep an eye out. Sort of the forgotten guy. Didn't play a lot in high school, but big kid with a big arm. Maybe a year under his belt in Gainesville. We'll see what he's able to do. Seems like Mullen's taking a liking to him. You can kind of have that trust that Mullen's going to get that QB decision right, too, just based on his track record. Can we please have a quarterback throw 20 touchdown passes this year? Please. Can we have 20 touchdowns this year? I said we. Can we please? Yeah, I think we had 10 and 10 last year. 10 touchdowns, 10 picks. We, again, I, th- I think. I uh, say we from a videographer's standpoint yes. because. You want some good shots. I need highlights, folks. I think this is correct, Stuart. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that the most touchdown passes since Tebow left is 12 in a season Greer? by one guy. Was it the first half of the year from Greer? I think it was Johnny Brantley. I don't think Greer Brantley. got to 12. I think Greer was only like 7 or 8 that particular season. It is unbelievably bad. And almost you got to you got to remember go back to go back to Matthews from Matthews in 90 to Tebow in 2010 for 20 years a Florida quarterback would throw 30 touchdown passes I mean, like yearly, you know, Matthews and Werfel and Grossman and down the list, Jesse James Palmer would mix with in and, and, and Doug Johnson. And I mean, it's just un- and Chris Leak and it's just unbelievably bad quarterback play. And I think Florida fan would just be overjoyed if they could see an offense. You were going to say giddy. Giddy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, be somewhat productive. Greer was tracking, by the way. He had 10 in six games. Okay. That year. Be somewhat productive um, would be, you know, and not be 105th ranked, but maybe be 52nd or 37th or something along those lines. Make the swamp great again. Make the swamp great again. It would be fun. That's all we're asking. Yeah. So, anyway, so spring football, and that culminates mid-April, and April Fool's Day is coming up. This Sunday, by the way. So that's in about three weeks we have our spring football games. 
Um, so lots of stuff going on. Bubba Watson has two wins already on the PGA Tour. He won the match play deal. You better watch out for him uh, at the at at Augusta. You like, you like him at the Masters? Well, I mean, I like everybody. He's I mean, got the game that suits it, obviously. Justin, two-time Masters champ, Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods. I mean, it is going to be an. You hope you look up at that Sunday leaderboard and you see Spieth and Thomas and Watson and Woods and Mickelson and so McElroy. Around this time next year. Yes. This will be players' time. Yes. We'll be talking about who's going to be winning the players. Of course, it's moving to March next year. Yes. It's going to be different for me because I haven't been here. Way, the players will already be over right. at this time. At this point. Yes. Yeah, but this month, I mean to say, yes. in the month of March. It'll be different for me because the entire time I've been here, it's been a May event. It's been after the Masters. Yes. It's been kind of in the middle of that, this, you know, the big premier events on the, the series. Mm-hmm. What was it like before? I loved it in March. Okay. I it to me it signified two things. And it's a different world now the 10 years ago on the PGA Tour, but it was the first biggie yeah. to me of the year. That's number 1. And number 2, it sort of signified the start of spring in Jacksonville. Now, sometimes you'd be cold weather out there. You know, you better put on your golf sweater or, you know, the sundress world is gone, sadly, for a lot of you uh, folks out there, fans of the sundress. It's unfortunate. Yeah, you don't get that in, in March uh, like you do in May. So, unless you have a extremely warm temperature. so Which happens. It does happen. But it always, to me, sort of signified the start of golf season, the first biggie. I know the tour, the one thing the tour hated about it, one of the things they hated, they hated a couple things. They didn't like going head to head with March Madness. Yeah. And they didn't like all the golf writers because they had the strongest field in golf. So all the players would be there. They'd get all their masters questions there yeah. during the press conferences. Mm-hmm. And they don't like that because it's the players and it's a big event. And they want to promote it as a big event. And I think that frustrated them. So there were a lot of reasons why it made sense to move to May. May served them well. Next year, um, by the way, they will literally go head to head with the NCAA tournament because Jacksonville will be hosting in 2019. For yeah, the but again, I. Unless the tournament is before March Madness hits. Yes. Which Keep an eye out for yeah. that. Keep an eye out for that. So anyway. There um, is some rumors of that because Valspar said their dates on Twitter by accident. Uh-huh. And a lot of people are conjecturing that it, you know, kind of locks into that early weekend in, in March. I think you're I think you're onto something. You might there, be onto something. I think you're onto something. So um, anything else? Uh, snow in NASCAR. Snow in NASCAR. That doesn't happen often. Ever. Crazy 93, weather. last time a race got postponed by snow. Okay, all right, so that happened. So, uh, like I said, it's called March Madness, and college basketball is sort of in the forefront, but there's all kinds of other things happening, man, and it's pretty cool. Opening day for baseball, your Braves getting ready for another 70-win season. Big banner season coming up. Uh, my Mets How long till we see a Kuna? I think later in the year he comes in. Uh, three weeks, bro. Three weeks? As soon as he... Uh, Clears the number for them to control an extra year. year of the contract. Correct. Yeah. That's all that is. Yes. It's a simple play by any organization. The Cubs did it. It's the right Chris play. Bryant. It's, it's the right play. It's yeah. absolutely the right play. Yeah. And and it ticks players off, but it's it's the right play. Well, I appreciate you coming on on the podcast. I'm glad to. i got to go bowling now did after you have this. fun? You're going bowling? Yeah, bowling. All right. Well, uh, good luck la- with that. Last place on the line in my league. Gotta, now, we what is one. your high game in bowling? Uh, 243. By the way, here's one cruise note. Yeah. I spent literally $200 on Papa Shot. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Did We had, well, we had two dads and two boys. Yeah. 
were part of it, and the Papa Shot battles were fierce. And um, I did go for, on one occasion, uh, 401 points, which is unheard of. In I, also, I also recently coming off a cruise, mm-hmm. and I also spent $200 on Papa Shot. If by Papa Shot you mean Blackjack. <laughs> Completely different thing. Do you want me to tell you the quick blackjack story of the cruise? I would love to, and I'm sure the podcast listeners are listen to this. And this is why this is why I carry a big L on my forehead a lot, as in loser. So we got that. Yeah. I went into the casino. I took a hundred bucks. I sat down. First hand dealer has blackjack. Sure. Um, I proceed to lose three more hands, and I get up busted. A hundred bucks gone. Yeah. I march angrily to it's the a, eight. It's a heavy table there. Twenty-five a pop. Uh, I like to. I like to bet. I don't okay. Like to, I don't like to do. You don't the like to take dollars. the time. No. Sure. Right. I'm here to win. Let's go. Okay. I like it. I march over to the ATM. Uh, I and I didn't like the table either. Right after one hand, these dr- drunk college kids sat mm-hmm. down next to me. Spring Could've break. There was yeah, a lot that's... of Clemson kids, by the way, on uh, the cruise. Which beaters. I don't know why, but dang it, dang yeah. it, beaters. Uh, uh, I didn't like it. I, you know, so I got up, marched to the ATM, got another C note. Sure. Another Franklin. Put it down. By the way, the key to the casino, you got to bring them with you. You can't go to the ATM. I know. Get you I know. Charge. I know. But it was yeah, an extra three or four dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, sit down, and promptly um, lost four more hands. Weber, zero for eight. Zero for eight. Two hundred bucks gone in less than I would say twelve minutes. Less than thirteen minutes. I lost two hundred dollars. Eight straight hands. And listen, I'm not an idiot when it comes to blackjack. Sure. I know how to play it. Yeah. I couldn't get a card. I couldn't. It was unbelievable. And I got, here's one. Two aces. Yeah. Double down. Sure. Don't get a 10 with either of them. Lost both. Both. Is that normally a double down or a split scenario for that split, one? Whatever you do, whatever you. Well, because the bo- both are options. Yeah. Yeah, I split the two aces, sure. and I get two cards, and yeah. I lose both. Oh boy. What can I do? It's rough out there. Anyway. it's rough out there on the high seas. Thanks for uh, the podcast. It's the it's the Brent and Dan minus Brent, Dan and Stewart podcast, brought to you by the Jacksonville Iceman. Home on the thirtieth. Coming home on the thirtieth and the thirty-first. Wrapping up the season yet? Where are we getting? We're getting there, yeah. The uh, we slipped a little bit, I noticed. So a lot the, of L's the, lately. The uh, the playoff push took a big hit this this past yeah. weekend with yeah. a couple losses to the Swamp Rabbits. I hate the Swamp Rabbits. Everybody hates the Swamp Rabbits. So they got those two games, and then the fifth and sixth of April, and that's it for home games. Right, so go bowling. Four chances left. Have a, have a great week. Okay, we'll get we'll back. Be.